Welcome to Ed Talks UK. I'm your host, Anne Buckland, and today we're going to be talking about early years pedagogy and curriculum. I'm joined today by Mireille McCrayold, our Educational Services Director for Early Years. Mireille has been a head teacher and leader who has worked within early years teams for over 23 years. Mireille sits on the Ofsted Early Years Consultancy Forum and the DfE COVID-19 Stakeholder Group and is driven by her own childhood experience of education and childcare. Alongside Mireille, I have Andrew Boys, who is our Early Years Advisor. Andrew has a passion for getting it right for young children from the moment they start school. Andrew has been the head teacher of an outstanding school and has worked closely with the Early Years Thought Leaders to be a beacon of excellence in the early years. Welcome, Mireille and Andrew. So, Mireille and Andrew, how are the early year settings currently? The last 10 months or so have been exhausting for everybody, but particularly um, working with young children day in, day out, physically and emotionally exhausting, supporting families through everything that's been going on and worrying about yourself and your own family. But the, it just shows an unwavering commitment to children and their families and the job that um, our practitioners and teachers do is just absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, we've just been, uh, I mean, the, across the Early Years team, we are absolutely in awe of, of everything that they're doing, yeah. There's certainly a lot of changes going on out there currently, but there's actually some planned changes coming as well later in the year, aren't there? With changes around the statutory framework. What are they? And can you tell us a bit more about what's happening? Well, we've got statutory change. So we have in early years an eWIFA statutory framework and that is being updated and reviewed and will become statutory from September 2021. Alongside that, there is non-statutory guidance, which is currently called the uh, Development Matters Guidance. And we do have 43 schools in Hertfordshire who are piloting the changes, the EYFS reform statutory changes, as well as using the um, non-statutory Development Matters Guidance that's been developed as well. And we've also got in our school sector, the introduction of the reception baseline assessment which will be statutory from September 2021 as well. So it's quite a lot of changes. You know, we're in uncharted waters, if you like, and it's a very choppy sea that we're in at the moment with the COVID situation. But we are continuing to kind of look forward and make sure that everything that we're developing is in line with these changes so that we can make sure that our settings and our schools are given the right information. And the statutory framework's really got some key things in it about, it's got the introduction of sort of dental hygiene. We know that um, children's well-being and their health is really important. And there's a lot of research actually about dental decay and the, the impact that has on children's social emotional well-being as well as uh, affecting their speech and communication so I think that's one of the the reasons that that addition has been included into the statutory framework and of course as part of that early years statutory framework we're seeing some real change in the early learning goals which are part of that early years foundation stage profile that is the statutory assessment at the end of that reception year. And there's a much sharper focus on reading, language and comprehension, children's comprehension, um, as well as they, uh, a much sharper focus on children's foundations in their mathematical learning, their numeracy in particular. So as well as the points that you've mentioned already, what does the current curriculum look like and what's changing? 
Yeah, I think it's important um, to, to start off by saying we, we must always remember that children haven't changed. They don't change. Child de development hasn't changed. And children still need the same opportunities to learn that they've always, that they've always had. But one of the key changes, and this is something that's been driven by Ofsted's focus on the effectiveness of the curriculum that schools and settings provide, is that everyone has been challenged just to take a step back and to review exactly what it is that they offer to children and how this effectively you know, really meets their needs and enables them to make the very best possible progress. I think Andrew's really summed that up quite nicely, actually. Children don't change and, and good sound early years pedagogy shouldn't change either. But I think that the shift is really coming through the, the three eyes in the curriculum, the Ofsted Education Inspection Framework, and, and the shift in focus on curriculum rather than constantly moving through a sort of series of assessment milestones. So that intended curriculum is really delving in now to what you as a practitioner want to deliver and why you want to deliver that based on your understanding of the, your community and the children that you have in your cohort. It, it's responsive, but what's really, really crucial is that your curriculum is intended and designed with some really clear and, and definite endpoints and ambition for all children. All children might take different, you know, children might take different routes to get to those endpoints, but actually it's our job as good early years practitioners to help children continue on that journey and to have those high aspirations and um, expectations for all children. That's really helpful, thank you. So what does the renewed focus on the curriculum mean for teachers? Yeah, well, I, th I think that um, teachers need to think carefully about how they're constructing the curriculum, what it is they want children to learn. And I know a lot of schools and settings will begin by looking at the requirements of the statutory framework. That's a, a good place to start, um, plan their environments and their activities from there. But personally, I've always started from what I know about the children that are in front of me or that are coming to, to join my class and thinking about their experiences of life up till now. Um, thinking about the community that we all live in and work in and the best hopes and aspirations of their parents and carers. And then I design a curriculum based on those factors and then check in with the statutory framework to make sure that everything's been covered and make any necessary adjustments to the provision. And then, of course, looking forward, it's really important that teachers and leaders keep that curriculum under regular review, checking its impact. Um, and checking on the progress and development of the cohorts and on individual children, like Marie says, they're all going to um, not make a straight line of progress to get to where they want to be. They're going to go in all sorts of directions and, and other things that they need support with or that they're interested in. That is their own individual journey to get to the end point that we have in mind for them. Yeah, I think the, um, the, the thing for our teachers currently getting to, to grips with this uh, with the changes that are coming is really to think about that, that curriculum design and think about the changes perhaps in the early learning goals that we're seeing and putting that in the context of the children that they will have in their in their community. The, the lens is shifting about devising a curriculum that you want your children to access rather than working through a series of milestones. I think that the shift has come because 
we saw a lot of electronic learning journals almost creating um, next steps when, when adults were making those assessments rather than bespoking the curriculum and being responsive to individual children's needs. So this is, it, this is the kind of um, the, the drive that we're seeing away from that. So rather than working through those early years outcomes, we know that an understanding of child development is absolutely crucial, but it's cementing that. So lots of opportunity to, to really get that depth of learning is going to be critical for teachers. So not just moving on and, and progressing through those, those early years outcomes, but really appreciating and providing time for lots of practice, rehearsal and, and consolidation of the, the, the core skills, knowledge and concepts that children are developing um, and that we want them to become secure with so that they can attain those early learning goals at the end of their reception year. That's brilliant to hear what it means for teachers. What does the renewed focus on curriculum actually look like in the classroom, do you think? Well, I think that teachers are not practitioners. Like you said, they're not following the tick list of objectives, if you like, that seem to have emerged through with people and felt comfortable working, but um, people need to still be really clear about the sequence of learning for different areas and aspects so that everybody's clear about what each child needs to move forward in their learning through their play and through the adult-led um, learning that takes place in the classroom. And so that might mean that there are aspects of daily routine and the provision that um, people have in activity zones, indoors and outdoors, uh, that needs to be reviewed. For example, if you set out a learning sequence that um, enables children to use progressively more sophisticated joining techniques when they're modelling from re reclaimed materials, do you have the range of resources that are required to support that progression that you have in mind? And are you making sure that you're actively teaching the joining skills that children need to make the progress in that aspect of their learning and development? Thank you so much. It's really interesting to hear all your insights. Murray. What do you actually think these changes will look like in practice? <laughs> do you know, I actually think if we have sound pedagogical uh, approaches to delivering a, a successful curriculum in early years already, that, that should still continue. We should still continue to be teaching through first-hand meaningful experiences, teaching skills explicitly and through play making sure that there is sufficient time for play. I mean, Froebel said that play is the highest form of expression uh, in, in child development, um, and that hasn't changed. So it's just really important with this curriculum focus and the shift in the early learning goals and the expected standards that everybody understands what they are, but they're still providing meaningful experiences and the right atmosphere for learning uh, in, the, in the classroom through both adult-led experiences and that opportunity for child-initiated play. You've made some really clear and interesting points there. Is there anything else you believe that early years practitioners should be thinking about or should know about in regards to the changes? I think one of the things that we, we haven't spoken about, but I don't necessarily think it's with regard to one of the changes, but I, I, I'm minded just to remind everybody of the, the, the focus on our most disadvantaged and, and vulnerable children. And um, of course, at the moment, we've got a situation where this, you know, gaps could widen. And uh, it, it's really important that we continue to support that learning of our most disadvantaged and vulnerable children. 
And, uh, you know, we've spoken about the importance that practitioners don't confuse uh, the detailed learning uh, outcomes with a kind of list of aims for their curriculum. And I think what this shift in, in focus in the statutory framework and the new um, development matters is doing is really reminding us to be continue to be responsive to children's individual needs, their interests, their fascinations, and um, really to adapt our curriculum so that that is a process um, which is a journey throughout their early education and across the school so that they're always, we're always thinking about how we're preparing them for their next stage in, in education or their next stage in their early years setting. So that we can make sure that that curriculum continues to always be ambitious. It supports children who may be at risk of delay to make the very best progress that they can um, in, in a responsive way to every child's individual needs. I think that that's the thing for me that, uh, that we really need to continue to, to hold on to. Yeah, no, I agree entirely. I think that um, one of my greatest concerns in this current climate, I mean, it's something that's been a real focus for all of us in education, is the, the, you know, the, the gap that exists between um, children that um, have had the you know, rotten start in life, effectively, for whatever reason, um, and other children. And we want all of our children to make the very best progress, and that's what we're all about. But we really do have to go the extra mile for some of these children to make sure that they're getting everything that we can offer them. We're doing everything within our power and thinking of novel ways of um, working with families and pr making provision within our settings that, that are really going to um, capture the imaginations of, of, of children that maybe find it more difficult to get into the standard offer. We've just got to be thinking of ways of moving that mm. forward all the time. How are the early years team going to be helping settings prepare for these changes? Um, well, we offer advice and support on curriculum through our advisor visits and also through our CPD programme. And I'm really excited about a new course that we've been planning that supports curriculum design and developments in early years classrooms and settings. And it's called Curriculum Development in the EYFS, Getting Ready for September 2021. It's a four part course beginning on the 2nd of March, and I'd encourage you to head over to the Hearts for Learning CPD hub to check it out and book on if you're interested. We're coming to the end of the podcast now. I'm sure there's much more that we could speak about, but this has been a really helpful starting summary. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, I'd really, really like to express my thanks and gratitude to everybody that is out there working in an early years setting in a nursery school and, and in the EYFS in primary schools and to our head teachers that are out there. You know, we really understand this is a, a really difficult time, really challenging. We've had a lot of changes over the Christmas period and, or in just that, that short time frame. So just wanted to express my, my thanks and, and gratitude to everything that they're doing and uh, to remind everybody that we are here to support where we can. Thanks so much, Moray and Andrew, for joining us today. It's been really interesting talking to you both. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time for more EdTalks UK.